Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. FNZ. When we started off the show, it was a roller coaster. The Vegas odds were on. We started off again a half hour before the show. It was Brandon Miller minus 550 to be that second overall selection. Scoot Henderson was coming in at plus 280. And then the show started. It went down to like minus 240 for Brandon Miller, minus 100 for Scoot. And then the Shams tweet happened. Fitty cut me off midpoint to give us a very necessary breaking news update that the Charlotte Hornets are very much considering Scoot Henderson still to be the number two overall pick. And then the odds dramatically went in Scoot's favor at minus 700. I mean, just a monster swing. Now it's cooled off at least in the last hour and a half because in these times, yeah, that's cooling off for a little bit. Still minus 360 for Scoot plus 210 for Brandon Miller. So that stayed there for a little while. We had a monster movement all over the place, but we'll see what happens as the segment, as the show goes on. We did get a big-time trade last night, sending Kristaps Porzingis to the Boston Celtics and Marcus Smart to the Memphis Grizzlies, while Boston also was able to get two first-round picks. Really surprised to see this trade, not because Porzingis was going to Boston. That had been reported in a trade that eventually fell through, three-team trade with the Clippers that was going to send Malcolm Brogdon out there. Fell through. They found Memphis. Smart was the point guard they were sending out. What did you make of this trade seeing Boston get Porzingis, Memphis get Marcus Smart, and the Celtics get two first-round picks? Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. And, I mean, you look at Kristaps Porzingis, what he did this year, 23 points, shooting 49% from the field, 38% from three. So they add another shooter to the arsenal. I feel like a much better shooter than a Marcus Smart. We know that Smart was definitely capable of, of making threes, but he wasn't a guy you could consistently count on for that. Yes, he was the defensive player of the year, but in the end, uh, it really didn't get them very far as far as this season. They were uh, disappointing in my book because I thought that they were a team that was going to get back to the finals and maybe avenge that loss that they took last year. But now you add the 23 points and eight rebounds of Kristaps Porzingis, also three assists. So, I mean, I think this is a nice get for the Celtics still feel like they maybe need to go out and try to find a point guard uh, to run all of this and, and facilitate to all of these guys. But as far as just adding another player that you have to worry about that can take the load off of Tatum and Brown, I think this is a very good get for Boston and to get two first round picks. I mean, that's really good on their part. You had been interested in trading for Jalen Brown before. It was Jalen Brown and Zion Williamson as the guys that you would most likely see the Hornets inquire about. Do you think that this puts the kibosh on any chances Jalen Brown is traded? Well, now that you bring this up, I wonder, I'm like, in some type of way, are maybe they planning to trade a Jalen Brown because they, they're getting the type of production that they're going to get from Kristaps Porzingis, but... 
Also, are they trying to get a big three of their own, so to speak, especially with what uh, the Phoenix Suns just did? And this was the best that they could do. As I said, a, a nice pickup for them. I would go no. I think they're going to go with Tatum Brown and Porzingis as their guys going forward. Yeah, I don't think Jalen Brown is going to be traded anymore with such a win-now scenario. It is weird to see them trade Marcus Smart. And the fact that they're able to get two first-round picks. So now they have some assets to go get that point guard. And Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, while they're good combo guards, really defensive oriented, Malcolm can still score, but he's always hurt. And so that was yeah, he wasn't he wasn't what I thought. He didn't have the impact that I thought he would have on Boston this year. Well, he had some good postseason moments, but then he didn't because he was also hurt. And it was, you know, I think the Celtics suffered from that. And Derek White was one of the better defenders in all the league, maybe even better than Marcus Smart last year. After Marcus Smart won Defensive Player of the Year as a guard. So for Boston to be able to get two first-round picks, still have guard depth without a real ball handler and playmaker on that team, they still have some opportunities to go get that lead ball handler. Did you have something on the Boston Celtics, Fitty? It was more on the Wizards. Have y'all seen the conspiracy around the Wizards? I have not seen the conspiracy. All right, well, they've traded Bradley Beal. They've traded Kristaps Porzingis. Everyone tanked this year for Wemby. A lot of people believe that Washington is tanking for LeBron because if Bronny comes out of the draft next year, maybe they draft him number one overall or whatever to get LeBron James on the roster because LeBron you know, wants to play with his son if, if, if that's his son's wishes. Do you buy into that theory at all? And just how – like. At that point, LeBron could not deny he's just chasing Jordan's ghost if he goes to an organization that Jordan played for and owned. Um, I would say no because Washington, if they're as bad as they look to be on paper and they end up with a top two to three pick, Bronny's not going that high. So I don't know that they're necessarily trying to tank to get LeBron and Bronny because I don't know if Bronny will be drafted as high as they may end up. But the LeBron factor, does it's so weird. It w- Will you overdraft Bronny if it means bringing in LeBron to the team? I don't think it's happening with Washington either just because don't you want some foundation when LeBron comes over? And if you trade for LeBron and you don't have anybody, <laughs> I mean, you don't have Bradley Beal on the team. You don't have Porzingis on the team. They didn't get any first-round picks for any of those guys. They got pick swaps and they got second-round selections. So the Wizards, I mean, they got Tyus Jones. That is the jewel that came over in both of these <laughs> trades. It Look, the no trade clause, it hurt Washington a ton to the point where they couldn't make it. They couldn't have the trade on their own terms. And so they had to just send Bradley Beal wherever he wanted to. Porzingis going to Boston. That's interesting for the Celtics. But yeah, I mean, they're getting a bunch of guys that you don't necessarily think are going to be a foundation long term. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to throw in looking at NBADraft.net and their mock draft for next season. They updated it as of June 1st. They've got Bronny going 43rd to Toronto right now. Ooh, and NBADraft.net's been around for a long time. It's definitely a source I, I trust. Well, not saying that this is going to happen, yeah. but just as far as what the, what the vibes are right now. Well, DraftNet is always just a good place to get guys i never like really put any stock into where people are slotted with them though well because DraftNet doesn't do intel based stuff isn't it just it's just basically all right here are the prospects and they uh, give you a list no they give you a mock draft for the next season with the teams and the picks that they think that they'll be at so uh i've, I've been 
I look at a lot of mock drafts, but NBADraft.net has always been a place uh, that I've gone to see mock drafts and just get a feel for who's being talked about in what spots at that time. So, I'd be uh, but that's just interesting to have Bronny that low because, yeah, I'd be really surprised. I mean, if you, if you're going, I'll make. Well, you think he's going 43? I mean, I'm just saying, I think Bronny's a good player, and I think he's gotten better. And I think the one thing I read about as far as the, the knock on him was him being more aggressive, uh, and I think he has done that. He's a good player, but I don't see lottery. Like, and I, and I, don't, know that, I don't know that he's a surefire first-rounder in my book. I think he probably needs at least two seasons of college basketball. Well, it seemed like you went uh, the other way on Bronny. Like, you've been coming around on Bronny, especially was, this McDonald's and I think he's gotten game. better. Yeah, I think he's gotten better for sure. And I think that, like I said, when you watch his tape from this year and previous years, he's gotten more aggressive. He does have a nice shot. He's got a nice handle. He is really athletic. But as far as just as a guy I would look at as just a, a bona fide first-rounder today, uh, no, but I think that he's a guy that needs about two years in college, but I think he's going to come out after one year and he has a chance to be a, a lottery pick, no doubt about it. So we'll see, but I just think this is interesting, but I'm going to search around and see what else is going on as far as his stock for 2024. A lot can change in a year. I know that. Yeah. Um, I would be very surprised if it was all the way down at 43. I'd be very surprised if we didn't get at least one big trade tonight. I'd be surprised about that okay? because especially with so many different teams looking to move, you also have the Zion Williamson rumors swirling about, and it actually comes from possibly an unsuspecting source. Sheena Quick, Carolina Panther beat writer, reporter, extraordinary. Sheena Quick said she's hearing that Zion Williamson could possibly be on his way to Charlotte, of course, via trade. She asked what we would think about this. We've already given a ton of our opinions. Sheena being in the know, certainly in the NFL world, I'm not here to question her credentials by any stretch of the imagination as far as the NBA world goes. Plenty of reporters have been wrong because the Charlotte Hornets don't reveal a lot. The Pelicans, though, have. The Pelicans have revealed some stuff. We played the soundbite from Brian Winhorst earlier. Jake Fisher had the report about the Pelicans being very interested in going up and getting Scoot Henderson. So Jake Fisher had that. Zach Lowe's talked about it. Yeah, you could get some stuff out of New Orleans, apparently. So now with her tweeting out, quote, hearing that Zion Williamson could be on his way to the Queen City. How would y'all feel about that? It's something to look for. Here's Mitch Kupchak, though, on talking about trading that second overall selection and the possibility that he might do. The number two pick will be made. There'll be no activity. Okay. And nothing's going to happen an hour or 15 minutes before the draft. I don't see that. I'm talking more about 27, 34, 39, and 41. He said pretty much no, that they would be taking the pick there at second overall. But again, once you get to that moment and you have that deadline, a lot of people start making moves at the deadline. So I don't know. Maybe this is something that could come about. I know I brought it up earlier. Yeah, I think it would have to be a godfather offer. And I think if the rumors are swirling that this is happening, I mean, what would you think? Would you give Mitch Kupchak all the credit in the world for keeping this close to the vest? Or do you feel like it's a scenario to where something came up last minute that they just couldn't refuse? Oh, I think it's always been up in the air, probably. Yeah, I, I mean, I think. You're you're having to go to so many different people because of the position they hold with this organization. It's a little abnormal because the timing of this news that Michael Jordan is selling a majority stake happening a week before the draft. Now you got to take the opinions of Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall 
and give them a lot of weight because they're about to take over as majority owners. Michael Jordan, on top of just being the GOAT, also still being the active lead governor with this team. Mitch Kupchak is telling you that he's going to make the final decision. You have to pay attention to your analytics department, your staff. What does Steve Clifford think? Is there any reason to go to Steve and say, hey, what do you think about all of this? Is there any care about what LaMelo thinks as the young star on this franchise? I think they've indicated no. That's what Mitch Kupchak has said. But you are in a little, you're in a weird scenario where there are so many different opinions to go gather that are important. Yeah, maybe they are just really indecisive and haven't leaked a whole lot because there's nothing to leak with the indecision. Yeah, maybe there is not. But I think that, man, it's starting to seem like there's a little bit of smoke. And I'm a big believer that when there's a little bit of smoke, there's some fire. Well, this has always been real. Yeah. Yeah. So Sheena Quick saying that she's hearing. I wonder who she's hearing it from. But uh, it's going to add that much more intrigue to this draft because in the hours leading up to it, man, you're going to be waiting for that text or that alert to say that a trade has gone down for Zion Williamson or maybe during the draft. It's going to be fascinating what's going to happen up until the commissioner comes out and announces whatever is going to happen. The odds have changed again. Decent movement. Okay. Scoot Henderson, now minus 420 from minus 360. Okay. So even even more the favor to be the second overall selection. Brandon Miller, still staying the same, I believe, at plus 240. Still okay. trying to remember the Brandon stuff, but really I'm just looking at whoever the favorite is. That is what I'm taking note of. So now Scoot Henderson is at minus 420, according to FanDuel. Last question before we move on. We can get to it even in, this, in the next segment. If you're Gabe Plotkin, you're Rick Schnall, and you have this new owner syndrome, it's what Bill Simmons coined Matt Ishbia going crazy with all the trades that he had with the Phoenix Suns, and you'll see this. New owners will come in. We can remember it with Steve Ballmer and all of his money coming in and like, all right, let's shake it up. Kawhi Leonard, you want Paul George? Cool, let's make it happen, right? Like when you're a new owner, you want to make a big old splash. If you're Plotkin and Schnall, is that splash drafting the fan base favorite in Scoot Henderson, which many polls have shown that Scoot is the overwhelming favorite for the fan base? Or do you make that splash by trading for Zion Williamson, who, if he's on the court, the dude is extremely good? How do you make that splash? You make that splash trading for Zion Williamson, in my opinion, because this is a guy that is a highlight waiting to happen. I've talked about how putting butts in seats, LaMelo and Zion will do that. And also, I think maybe this ownership group is coming in with a win-now mentality, and maybe they're coming in saying, hey, we're tired of building slowly. We're tired of waiting on young guys to develop. We want to be in the playoffs and competing right now. Give us Zion Williamson and let's go. Wolfpack James said, could the odds be changing because people are assuming the Hornets will trade the pick to New Orleans for Zion? Yes, that's always been in play. There's no doubt about it. Now, they originally shifted because of the report. And because the Hornets still have been pretty tight-lipped on what they're going to do. But yes, the Zion stuff, it is very real. And it's not the Hornets' odds picking at number two. It's the odds at number two. Straight up. Who's taking in that second slot? It could be the Pelicans. It could be Portland. It could be the Hornets. It could be anybody. And I think that's why we're seeing some of this movement. Favor Scoot Henderson. Real quickly, did want to remind you about the draft party at 1058. Great food specials. Great drink specials over there at 1058. Panther Great Thomas Davis's Bar and Restaurant Uptown. Going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be broadcasting WFNZ on the air from 6 to 7 with Mac and Bone. 
7 to 8, me and Wes will be on the mic. Fiddy's going to be there from 6 to 9, so you have plenty of time to go see your favorite producer. And then we'll kick it over the airwaves to the Spectrum Center, where Kyle Bailey and Paul B. and Cardi will be broadcasting from 8 until 9 o'clock. They will have you covered on everything going on with the second overall selection, and so will we. If it's anything like the NFL Draft Party, it'll be a great time for you once again. Come join us, 1058. Coverage starts at 6 p.m. Another segment. Talking about the NBA draft, best and worst case scenario for the Charlotte Hornets tonight regarding second and the other four draft picks that they have. It's still to come on Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And we are back, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit up that text line, 704-570-9610. Hit up those socials, WFNZ on Instagram and Twitter, at Walker Mail on Instagram and Twitter, HTB underscore Marlowe on Instagram and Twitter. Josh. Did I mess that up? Yeah, you yeah did. Josh. Right. Yeah. It's Josh. West Bryant underscore 72 on Twitter and Instagram. So check those out for all the behind-the-scenes stuff that we got for you. Walk anything good going on on the text line? Yeah, Juan is actually literally pleading with me to read. He just came in and said, Walker, please read my text in their entirety because you butcher them when you ad-lib and the listeners miss just the rest of the, or just this, uh, excuse me, I can't even read this thing. Miss the gist of the text. Thank you. I don't even know what I didn't read when I was ad-libbing. I don't know. He said, uh, everyone acts like Scoot is a can't-miss prospect. Why does everyone act like Scoot is a can't-miss? Just watch the Felipe Lopez 30-for-30 last night. He was a can't-miss that age, too. I mean, okay. Uh, He's he's going in with Brandon Miller, how he led the number one team in college basketball start to finish. And let me finish this text so he doesn't get mad. And sold out arenas, Scoot playing against dudes like Leangelo and Gems. So since we already have an all-star point guard, can we not draft a backup point guard? Leangelo, stay catching straight. With the number two pick, length, shooting, defense, sign me up for that. Yeah, man, but did you watch the Felipe Lopez documentary? Just because he's got all these tools to work with, Felipe did too. And doesn't mean that he was a hit. So maybe Brandon Miller's not. Juan, I got you, dog. I got you. Please don't get mad at me, man. I'm doing my best. Yeah, Felipe Lopez, man. You talk about 90s nostalgia. I (laughs) thought that he was going to be the man. All right, so let's talk about it. Draft night tonight. We're going to be at 1058 hanging out to witness the number two pick being chosen. But let's start 
with the best case scenario for the Hornets on draft night, whether it be trade or whether it be one of the players that have been mentioned this entire time, what's the best case scenario for the Hornets, in your opinion? I've favored Scoot over Brandon Miller the entire time. Drafting Scoot Henderson is my best case at number two. And then you have four other draft picks to work with between 27 and 41. Really, the, the logical answer is whoever the player is that you target within that range, go ahead and make sure you get that guy, whether it be trading up, whether it be, I don't know, some 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 range from 20 to, to 40. You have enough draft picks in this draft to move wherever you want to go. I think for me, I'd like to see them make another first round pick whether it be their 27th overall selection, whether they trade up to get somebody that they really like or parlay the rest of these picks into something that you can invest in and actually get higher ground on in the future, right? Because you traded the 13th overall selection last year and ultimately this first round pick turned into 27. You lost spots. I know maybe that opened up the door to go get Bryce McGowan's. You still can't convince me that was a good trade for the Charlotte Hornets. But now here they have number 27, and now what you can do is maybe you can parlay some of your three second-round picks that you have into a first-round pick next year, lottery protected, and you, it would be very easy to get something better than 27. No, the pool is not as great in next year's draft class, but maybe you could get something higher. I think I want to see a smart trade. I want to see two first-round picks, and I want to see Scoot taken at number two. I think that is something that I'll leave with with some kind of neighborhood of best-case scenario. Uh, in my opinion, I think the best case scenario for the Hornets is if they are indeed able to trade the pick for another superstar. Uh, when you look at the opportunities that could be on the table, we've talked about uh, what could happen with a Zion Williamson. And I think that he will be a guy if he comes in. And again, there's always the caveat if he's going to be serviceable uh, enough to be available to the Hornets and what he can do when he's healthy, we get that. Or getting a guy like a Brandon Ingram that's averaging 25, 5, and 6 that can come in immediately and be instant offense for you and take your uh, team to the next level. So best case for you is getting a star. Getting a star. Is, is Zion yes. getting or a Brandon ready Ingram? Star. And anybody in that same realm. Yeah, I like Scoot. I, I wouldn't mind them picking Scoot, but the shooting does still concern me. And so I think for the Hornets, and I think this fan base as a whole, uh, they're willing to definitely take one of the rookies and be able to wait for their development and see where this team can go, especially if they add Miles back. But I think this team in this city also is starved uh, to get to the playoffs and be able to maybe make some noise, but just mainly getting into postseason play and being a viable franchise. And I think if you go out and get a star that's already a star today that's ready to come in and contribute today, I think that would be the best-case scenario. Well, it, it, the, the star thing, too, it's got to work out, clearly, which is dumb because everything has to work out. But I'm parlaying <laughs> this into the worst-case scenario. Because to me, I don't think drafting Brandon Miller is the worst-case scenario. Okay, I don't think that's, that's the case. Even if I want Scoot a lot more, it doesn't mean taking Brandon Miller is going to be this awful, awful move. It's hard for 6'9 guys that can shoot to come into the league and fail. Okay? I don't expect him to fail. What I think would be the worst case scenario is something that has to play out over the next couple of years. And it would be trading for Zion and the health concerns never going away. If you get rid of this high of a draft pick and you go ahead and take that chance on Zion Williamson and it doesn't pan out, that's the worst case scenario, Wes. 
Because realistically, I don't expect them doing anything else with number two unless you're trading for a star. Brandon Ingram, that could be a well-worthwhile risk because the injury history isn't nearly as prevalent with him as it is with Zion. But Zion, you know the thing you're getting into with him. So you only have yourselves to blame. You took the risk. You failed. Now you don't have a number two overall pick to go live uh, to rely back on. So to me, it would be over the next couple of years, if he continues to get hurt, initial timetable to return, don't pan out. He keeps missing time. He only plays at most maybe 40 games in one season. He's never healthy in the postseason. That would be worst case scenario to me. To me, the worst case scenario, in my opinion, I'll say this with a bit of a caveat, would be if you did draft Scoot Henderson and that shot never develops and he just comes in and he's a guy that, makes his bones driving to the basket, taking that punishment because we see what it does to a guy like a John Morant. We see what it did to Derrick Rose uh, over time uh, and players like that, the smaller guards who want to always go play and the paint that get injured often. Uh, I think that would be the worst case scenario. While it may be exciting for a while, I don't know about the longevity of small guards who make their living playing in the paint let me and this is a real question because only if he doesn't develop a shot yeah the the shot you would love to see develop there are indicators that it can but i mean we don't know that for sure shooting 33 percent in the g league is not great so hopefully he can improve that does that that worries you more at his size or Brandon Miller's lack of ability finishing at the rim at his size? What's the bigger concern? Uh, Because of the way the game is played right now, Brandon Miller is going to give me that production from beyond the arc, and that's the way the game is played for the most part. So I would be uh, more willing to live with that than a small guard going to the bucket uh, often. Well, and we, we missed this because of the odds going crazy on us, and we needed to address it. But I did want to go over some pros and cons and making the final case just a little bit okay. because I don't, I don't like hater radio. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hate Brandon Miller as the pick. I want to take scoot. And so I've given you my opinion on why I want scoot Henderson. Brandon Miller is someone that's going to come in and the shooting is real catch up or excuse me, catch and shoot <laughs> off pull-ups. I combined them off pull-ups off of screens, you know, having the basketball in his hands a little bit. And if it's with a point guard, that's not him. Like all of that stuff can really help out. And he's going to be able to come in right away and help you shoot the basketball. I I do think that the passing is very real. It's something I've said every single step of the way when praising what Brandon Miller can do. Very LaMelo Ball-esque with the sense that he can see over the defense at 6'9". So there's not really there's not a pass that he can't make unless you're talking about strength to the other side of the court. But other than that, I do think that he can make every single pass, and I think it's very good. I worry a little bit about the handle, but also it's not non-existent, right? Yes. I just don't think it's Jason Tatum level. I don't think it's any of these other high-end comp levels. But he can do some stuff. He's not Steve Novak, 6'9 shooter, and that's all he does. He can do some stuff that makes it even more unlikely that he fails. My thing about Brandon Miller, you like Steve Novak, Fiddy? That, that made, just warmed my uh, heart. Yeah, the discount go. double check? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, God. Who did it better, he or Aaron Rodgers? Oh, Novak did. Well, you're an Aaron Rodgers fan. I didn't know which one you were going with. But with me, <laughs> he's not some Steve Novak coming in. The reason I don't think he's going to hit those high-end comps is because he's atrocious finishing at the rim. I can't have my 6'9 perimeter guy not be good at that. Maybe you can put on some weight. That would be great. That would be fantastic. But if he doesn't, then that means that he's going to have to shoot in the mid-range and the three-point range, which is also very good. But now if you're talking about ISO, Wes, you shoot it so low, 
Are you going to be able to get that shot off every single time that you drive to the paint and have a guy all up in your grill with these smart, strong defenders that can knock you off of your spot with a lower sense of gravity, and now you're bringing it up from your chest. You can coach that out of them, but I need you to be able to get to the paint as a 6'9 wing player. I want you to take advantage of your 85% free throw percentage. And if you just aren't getting past your guys because your athleticism isn't top tier, like Jason Tatum, you want to do the comp of Paul George. Brandon Miller's not about to be out here competing in dunk contests, okay? Paul George was. That comp is not there for me. Chris Middleton comps. Middleton is 20 pounds heavier. So these are my problems with Brandon as to why I don't see him hitting the high-end comps. Well, and I think, too, as far as the weight, he'll grow into that man body and put that weight on. I don't know that he'll get maybe as big as Middleton, but but that will come. And, and Scoot will get a little bigger as well as he continues uh, to get older. But so, uh, yeah, the pros and cons for me, like I said, with Brandon Miller, uh, I think that, as you said, finishing at the rim, that is a problem. But I feel like with strength and a little bit more work, I think that that's something that he can get uh, better at for sure, especially being a 6'8", 6'9", guy. I saw on his tape uh, that he catching some bodies, dunking on some cats and things of that nature. So, if he gets a full head of steam, he'll get a So the desire's there to be able to do it. He's just got to be able to finish. Then just that defensive versatility. They said during the workout he was more defensively locked in the second time. So it makes me think, are you going to be uh, locked in on that end all the time? Are you going to be a guy that sometimes you want to play defense, sometimes you don't? So uh, that's a concern as well. The pros, we talked about the shooting and, and the potential and all those things and the different marks that he has that let you know what caliber of shooter that he is. For me, with Scoot, I don't have many flaws uh, with him as well. It's just mainly the number one, that shooting. Will it develop? Is he a guy that you can count on to knock down a big three? Uh, and then defensively, though, too, if he were to come here and you play a more traditionally sized NBA backcourt, I know he does have the wingspan, the long arms, but if he's to play against a bigger guard who maybe takes him in the post or is able to shoot over him, on a regular basis, that could be problematic as well. Uh, but both of these young men, neither one of them are coming in uh, a perfect prospect. So, yeah, those, those are my pros and cons with those. And, and I'll give you some my, some of my cons with Scoot Henderson right now. It's, you have some? Yeah, I've said them. I've said them before. <laughs> it's the settling for mid-range attempts. The mid-range game is good from him, but if you're going to be this brute, at the guard position, then I want you to get to the foul line a little bit more. You only took one free throw per game in the G League. That has been a stat that's been held against him without understanding the full context. But he does settle for mid-rangers. I do think he's an excellent decision maker out of the pick and roll. I think he's a great passer to the corners, but I want him to get to the basket more. And it's not like his percentages finishing at the rim are fantastic. I think he's 60% in half-court sets. I think in transition, some of those percentages are a little down. I think he has the athleticism and strength to get past that. But you certainly want to have that turn up a little bit more so. And even just shooting off of the dribble, that's something that I have a little bit of concern over. So it's all about the shooting. The thing is, there are indicators that suggest he can be a good shooter. Free throw percentage is something you look at all the time with guys. He's a good free throw shooter. 76% in the G League, a little bit above that, I think. So I think that's going to point well to maybe be an average guy. And you have the Kimball Walker example I've mentioned. 
Bruce Kreitzer, Steve Clifford, they're still still here with this team. And if you put a lot of that work in, which he's clearly demonstrated that he's willing to put the work in, then I'm going to bet on the upside and give him the benefit of the doubt that it all works out. All right, so another part of draft night that is also a main attraction is the suits of the players when they are drafted. And Scoot has already shown that he is a flashy dresser. He has a style all of his own. So it will be interesting to see how he comes out and dresses tonight when his name is called. But uh, let's go down memory lane really quick. And I know some of the, uh, well, not some of the, but the listeners may not be able to see some of these suits or Google it while we are talking about it. But I will describe them to you as best I can. So my worst Hornets draft pick suit I would have to go with. And this guy was a Hornet for maybe a couple of hours. So it still counts. He put the hat on. Shea Gilgis Alexander, an oh, all-star no, on the court, night. he is, but an all-star dresser off the court, he is not. He had on the, ooh, it looks like a, a light gold with green type of suit. It looks like a quilt that your grandmother would have uh, at her house that you would always cover up with when it gets a little chilly in there. The whole suit combined with the shirt. I mean, he looked like almost a mix of Poison Ivy and the Riddler uh, with the color combination that he's rocking. The shirt goes with the suit as well. So it is a eyesore for me. So Shea Gilgis, a Hornet, for a little bit of time, <laughs> gets gets one of my awards. And then one of my favorite players of all time, but he's got to get the smoke right here, okay? Mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant, his draft night suit. He comes out. He's got a pretty basic black suit on, okay? But we know that the trade was in the works the whole time from the Hornets to the Lakers. And his tie is Hornets Inspire. It goes with the hat perfectly. So why would you tease us like that, Kobe? Come out with the tie as if you're ready to be a Hornet, only to know in the back of your mind you're going to La La Land and you don't give a damn about Charlotte. Okay, so that's that. My best Hornets draft suit, though, I got to give it up to Melo. Now, Melo, I think, is an awful dresser on the court as far as street style. But as far as draft night, I love the suit he wore. I'm a sucker for black and gold. He had the nice classic black suit on with the Melo Puma logo on the back in gold with the nice gold chain and the shades. Very, very fresh. From the mellow ball, he gets my award as best Hornets draft night selection suit of all time. (laughs) I don't remember SGA's suit very well. The one that everyone remembers is Jalen Rose coming out with a bad suit. That's the one that most people remember. Fizzle! But the SGA... Oh, man, see, I like it. (laughs) Maybe it's my bias, man, but the... Well, the floral sometimes isn't great. At least it fits well, though. It's just does a pat- it does fit him great. It's a custom Which suit. Which is is sure. not a small thing, just to remind everybody. Having the suit fit is maybe even more than half the battle. Oh, definitely. Because if it doesn't fit you well, then I don't care how cool the design is. It's going to look bad on you. All right. At so least it fit. Do we have time for the last 50 flash of the day? Let's do it. We'll make time. All right, baby. It's all right <laughs> to be a little fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. Take a look back around the MLB scoreboard. 
Braves and Phillies not playing a doubleheader today. Just one game. They'll make up the game they missed yesterday sometime later. It's still nil-nil in the top of the sixth. The Diamondbacks lead the Nationals 2-1. to one. The Twins are up 6-0 on Boston. And the Guardians lead the A's 2-1. to one. And I got a, a notification from Bleacher Report, West. The EA Sports College football game, it is still on track to be released, not this summer, but next. Okay, that sounds great, man. I'm so ready hmm. for that game. And uh, we're going to be talking more about EA Sports tomorrow because they did get hit with a lawsuit and Madden 24 has put out their improvements for this year. So we're going to see if they're going to dupe the public once again. Yeah, I hope that we're able to play EA Sports video games. The thing is, I don't even have a video game console, but I like everybody else being able to... I've know. got one, so you know what? Yeah. Show night at Fitties. Okay. I know it's a year out. We're requesting that day off when the game comes out because I'm not coming to work. <laughs> I'll agree with you, man. I'll I'll be know, I don't know if we're going to get that one signed off. Huh? Super excited. So when we return, we close this thing down. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hornets take it number two. It's been the question that has been the theme of the show, even the theme of the week, although even that feels wrong to say. We kind of accepted or were leaning towards accepting Brandon Miller was going to be the selection. And then coming in today, I was talking about it with Fiddy. I was talking about it with you. Before we got the report, I told you, man, it just feels weird that we haven't heard anything from the Hornets, that any sources that are saying Brandon Miller is going to be the pick. It's coming from maybe agents that have skin in the game. It hasn't come from what Charlotte is thinking about doing. If it is coming from Charlotte, are they going to be smoke screens to throw out there and maybe to entice trade value? It just never felt like it was really going to be Brandon Miller as far as the overwhelming favorite. He still could be the pick, though. Scoot Henderson's the favorite right now. FanDuel odds have changed to Scoot being at minus 370. So now it's back down. This thing keeps going up like a roller coaster. But ultimately, I have no clue. I just think it's going to be 50-50 and Scoot is very much into the game. Not like it's been reported the last couple of days. In the words of Kevin Garnett, anything's possible tonight. Okay. Take this I think anything. <laughs> yeah, I think anything can go down at this point, man. I'm not really buying much of what I'm hearing. I just want to hear the name called at the podium mm -hmm. or 
before I turn my alerts off, see the trade alert that Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram is a Hornet. Fiddy, what do you think happens tonight? Do you think Scoot's eventually going to be the pick? Yeah, I do. Because I woke up like you. There was just a different feeling in the air when I woke up. I was like, the Hornets are going to draft Scoot. So that made me happy. Then I started thinking about what the Knicks are going to do. Like, the best scenario for me, because you didn't ask me my best case scenario for the Hornets in the previous segment, is they draft Scoot number two. Whether they, whether they draft 27 or not, I don't really care because it's a back-end first-round pick. Most of the time, they're meaningless. If they draft Scoot and they trade away either Terry Rozier or Gordon Hayward and they move off one of their bad contracts, how do you hate tonight? Even if they draft Miller and they and they trade away Miller or, or, or they trade away Rozier and Gordon Hayward, how do you hate what they did tonight? I don't think you can because we've all been wanting them to trade Rozier and Hayward the last two years. Yeah, I think if you do make that trade, then that is going to be, yeah, Terry Rozier to match the contracts because you do need to have that filler. It's an under-talked-about point when you trade this number two overall pick because Terry, Gordon, that is, I mean, that's a massive contract you're bringing back in that you have to match. Now, the number two overall pick, I, I guess that would have some bearing on this for sure. But Terry and Gordon, either one of those guys could be off of the roster at this point. And so that also is something to consider. By the way, it just went down quite a bit. Um, big changes again. Uh, minus 230 now for Scoot since I talked. So it's, You can put some money down? No, absolutely not. This thing is moving all over the place. I want no part of it. What? I can't do it in North Carolina illegally yet anyway, Fitty. Oh, because, so. you know, in the pre-show you were like, I think I'm going to put some money down. Oh, you lying? You, no, I did I'm not. not. I did not. I am not going to put money down on this. I'm not. Uh, th- I, this is what happened, Wes. You tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. He he ran it by the missus. The missus said no. So now Walker's saying no. Hey. Because he, he said to me, do you think I'm going to put some money down? I did not say yes, that. you did, man. I did not say I'm going to put some money down. Why would I lie? Oh, because this is what you do. <laughs> They're <laughs> laughing about it. Because <laughs> you're Josh Fitty Marlowe. You're Itty Bitty Fitty. In a big old town, in a big old city. That's what you are. Um, yeah, this thing is moving all over the place. I have no clue what's going to happen. Ultimately, it's going to be pretty damn 50-50, I think, by the time we get to this. And I think that's the point. It's that anybody that has felt they have a nice grip on what is going to take place tonight, it's not as overwhelming as you think. Because now I think this thing is going to get close to, hey, it's even odds right now. Who knows what the pick is going to be. And remember, this is something we talked about, too. Mitch Kupchak told you impressive availability yesterday. Sam Vecini talked about it in his article. Mitch Kupchak is a guy that lets you know you're the pick an hour or when the pick is an hour before the pick is in or when the pick is in. He talked about it with LaMelo. LaMelo didn't get a call until that night that he was going to be the selection. Sam Vecini brought up the point that when it was D'Angelo Russell or Jaleel Okafor, in 2015, we didn't know who the second pick was going to be after Carl Anthony Towns. Many people had Jaleel Okafor, but then eventually it was D'Angelo Russell, and nobody called D'Angelo until the pick was in. So Jaleel and D'Angelo didn't know. This is just how Mitch Kupchak operates, man. Uh, he's an old-school, traditional guy, and that's what happens when you're at 70. You don't change your Moves like a ninja. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> and I was just thinking about that as you described that. If you're... Scoot Henderson or you are Brandon Miller, like what will you do for one to, to pass the time perhaps and then which one of them is going to be sitting there and see that 704 number or maybe a 980? Which one do you think they call from? 704-980? No, 
I mean, Mitch oh, I thought the drop was coming. Oh, 704 980. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> that should be your ringtone if if you're one of those guys tonight. Yeah, one of them. Which one is it? Which one is it going to be? I have no clue. If Mitch Kupchak also values the workout, which is rumored too, that he's, he, it's what many people are saying that, yeah, this is somebody that has all the workouts and really puts a lot of stock into that. Even if he says you can't overthink it, well, Scoot's two for two, Brandon's one for two. And I know the workouts have been something that you've been keeping an eye on and it kind of irks you that Brandon Miller performed only when Michael was watching yeah. and didn't really perform all that well in his first workout. Yeah, I mean, even if it was decent to solid, still, you know, as I've said over and over again, this is a job interview. This is your chance to be the number two pick. And why wouldn't you want to come out and just dominate to prove you're the better guy? Like, that's another thing, too, to your competitive fire. Like, you know that Scoot is a serious contender. It's not like it's you and then the field right. for the number two pick. You know that Scoot is a the guy they are seriously considering. So why not put your best foot forward? The fact that that did not happen in the first workout for Brandon Miller, to me, is a little bit off-putting. The problem with me, too, is it's not that Mono, which he, I don't know, I think he acquired like a a month back. I don't know what the timetable is, but it was enough. It was recently enough to where it affected workouts. The, The only problem with the Mono excuse for Brandon, which I do think holds weight, but okay, just a week apart, now it's not a factor anymore and he looked good. But a week ago, that was an excuse as to why he wasn't performing well. The timing's very convenient to use that as an excuse. I'm not disregarding it. I think that's real. Mono is notorious for messing some people up. Especially, I had it before. Well, how bad did it mess you up? Can you oh, give yeah. some intel? It was bad. <laughs> I had it my freshman year of high school, and it took me out for the last two weeks of football season. Um, it was really bad, man. Normally, like, I drink a lot, like, if I eat a meal. Mm-hmm. And I remember... I could only take about two sips out of a soft drink, and I was done. All I wanted to do was sleep. The pain was excruciating, worst sore throat mm-hmm. I ever had, and all I wanted to do was just sleep so I wouldn't have to feel uh, that pain. You know it's called the kissing disease, right, Wes? Yes. Why'd you get I it? I believe I got mine from, um, you know, man, nasty cats, football, water bottles. People don't necessarily hold them away from their mouth like they should. They Mm -hmm. put their mouths on them and stuff like that, man. That's why I feel like I got it. But, uh, yeah, it was bad, man. Then you come back, you have to worry about your spleen being enlarged. And if you get hit, you know, a lot lot of stuff with it, though, man. And you are out of shape because I went right from that straight to basketball uh, season. So it was rough. All right. I take everything I said back. Maybe Brandon Miller has a, a good excuse, even <laughs> if it's just a week afterwards. All right. That'll do it for Wes and Walker. Keep it right here. It's the Kyle Bailey show coming up next. He's alongside. Got Smoke a haircut. Got a haircut. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Kyle's <laughs> looking good. He's ready for draft night. Game day haircut. Game looks, day haircut. Looks fantastic. Thanks. Should be a lot of fun. You got, how'd you get mono? Did you kiss somebody? That's what I said. <laughs> That's what I thought. I said, I think it was the water bottle. That was her name? Stuff's no joke. Water oh. bottle was her name? Oh, man. Just saying. I'm leaving that alone. Ba-dum-tsh. And we're gone, baby. <laughs> Happy draft night to everyone. Kyle Bailey, Smoke Ludwig, take it away.